whole time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, May 24th, 2020. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with my co-host, the man downstairs, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. Hello, Steve, man. I tell you what, I hope everything's going okay for you in New York. Everything's been doing good around here. We're still breathing in and out and uh, got our cans of Lysol and our breathers every time we go to the store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the weather's been nice. It really has. It's been really great. You sure has. And, uh, um, it's and been phenomenal weather. I would like to wish you a belated uh, happy Bitcoin pizza day. Uh, <laughs> this has happened. This, uh, the 10 year anniversary happened on May 22nd when, uh, the guy from the Bitcoin talk forum, Laszlo bought, uh, two pizzas and paid 10,000 Bitcoins for them. And, uh, in today's money that, that equates to around at current value, about $90 million. No kidding. 
<laughs> Boy, does he feel bad he bought that pie. Well, you know, that, that must have been a heck of a pizza. Well, let's start doing our roll call, Chris. Hello to Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, welcome. Hello, Patricia, welcome. We Pat. haven't seen you here before. Welcome yeah. to Squatch DTV. And Thomas said, uh, last live show for a while, go back to work next Sunday night. Well, I'm glad to see you're going back to yes. work. Yes, good deal, and, Thomas. Uh, good and bad, but we'll know we'll catch you on the replays. Yeah. So, uh, hello to Frank. Frank, good Hi, to Frank. see you. David, yeah, see you, hello, David. Dave. And whoever else is out there, welcome. welcome. Well, what an interesting week. Uh, I do have some sad uh, news to break, everybody. Um, that For those who don't know, um, uh, John Tomical, the, the man who published The Creature, uh, and who I believe is the actual uh, author of, of the work, actually passed away uh, a few days ago. Uh, at aged 92, so uh, our condolences to his family and whatnot. And <clears throat> pictured there is uh, Ryan Cavalline, who's doing Mountain Devil 2, The Search for Jan Clement, and he did a, quite an extensive interview uh, with John. Yeah. And uh, yes, Patricia, thanks for watching for the first time. Hopefully it won't be the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. We, we try to keep it fun here, and we try to keep it informative. Um, yeah, so it, I'm actually going to be in a small part of Mountain Devil 2, uh, via interview, uh, oh. my, my thoughts on that. So that's kind of cool, but, uh, yep. Uh, very, very sad day that he, uh, he, uh, passed away. Well, you know, God bless him. He, he, he made it till what? 92, 92. That, that is something these days. It, it really is. But, uh, you know, of course everybody wants to live to be a hundred or more, you know, but, uh, going to be missed well i have an aunt that is 105 wow wow she's still doing she's still doing (laughs) um yeah so uh yep so this week on the uh, on the uh schedule uh we actually have a channel schedule up on tuesday there'll be a new edition uh, episode two of squatch stories anybody hasn't seen squatch stories episode one check it out it's only three and a half minutes long it's a little little uh play on uh, on an encounter and uh, we're going to put those out Wednesday. i like them i like them still i wish you would do more of them <laughs> yep well, we, we're going to start pulling them out so okay, uh, it's good, good content good positive content yeah. uh try to you know it's so tough to, to not be negative sometimes <coughs> um and uh wednesday uh wednesday evening i'll be doing the squatch detectives video blog i'll be doing that probably at 9 p.m on uh, wednesday evening uh 9 p.m eastern that is and we'll be uh talking about different things and whatever comes to mind taking questions live and friday we have the grab bag who knows what video i'm going to conjure up so <laughs> won't be a squatch story but it may be something who knows we'll, we'll see so anyway, without further ado, um, unless there's anything in news wise you have tonight, we're going to be talking with, uh, Cameron and there he is. Hello, Cameron. Good to see you, brother. He's muted. Uh, I, I have him muted. Hang on. There we go. Go ahead, Cameron. Hey, welcome. Hello, hello, Chris. Hello, Steve. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing wonderful. Well, welcome Good, to Squatch thanks. DTV. Thank you. Thanks for uh, letting me join your show. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for coming on. It's our honor and privilege to have you on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're going to jump right into this as we always do with with our guests. And uh, why is my screen so blurred? Because I have a Bigfoot behind me. Um, <laughs> uh, Hide your Jack Links. 
Yeah, that's right. He's <laughs> <laughs> actually he's actually got my book. Um, but yeah, anyway, he's reading, uh, he's reading okay. Steve's book back there. Honey. Yeah, I'm putting him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, Which, never, never your book, Steve. Well, time, <laughs> time for the cheap, shameless plug. If you haven't picked up, please Sasquatch playbook. Mm. I'll um, have to add that to my collection. Amazon just just came out this February. So, visit it over at Amazon. Just Google my name, and my books will come up. Ah. All right, so. Cameron, how in the hell did you get involved in this crazy Bigfoot world? Well, uh, it all started back uh, at about this time uh, in 1997 when I was, uh, or so, yeah, when I was seven years old. Uh, sorry, actually in the fall of 1997. And I was having dinner one day and my, for some reason, my dad was talking about his living, was living, uh, talking to me about his time when he was living uh, just outside of Vernon, BC in the early 80s when he moved out from Ontario uh, uh, to do, find work. And uh, he said, oh yeah, I lived in BC and there was, you know, it's the land of the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever. And of course, seven-year-old me says, oh, what's that? And he saw us this, this big hairy ape-like creature that's well-known in Canada, mythical history or whatever. And and he's like, oh, you should go to the school library tomorrow. I'm sure you can find some books on it. And I did. And from that moment, I was hooked. So, of course, I grew up uh, and I came in right at a good time. Uh, the four horsemen were still around. Uh, Rene DeHinden, who I got attached to really quick. Uh, Peter Byrne, John Green, Dr. Grover Krantz. You know, he, they were uh, they were older, but they were still around and they were still on uh, TV, whether it be documentaries like Sasquatch Odyssey, which was my real first Bigfoot documentary I watched and got into. And then one day uh, my dad showed me the uh, Patterson film and had to be on T. It was on TV for some reason. And I saw it and it instantly hooked me right away. And so from about 1997 till about 20. 17 i did about 10 year 20 yeah 20 good years of research as a kid you know got what i could do then i tried to go in a different avenue of doing sports broadcasting and tried to get into that i ran a couple of youtube channels but unfortunately it just wasn't getting me anywhere so i made the decision to come back into the sasquatch world because a i thought well i know more about that and uh i the last few weeks i've gotten back into it and i've been very fortunate to interview uh Steve, such as yourself, and uh, got in touch with some really good people and um, been able to interview them to, you know, ask some questions, get advice. And not much has changed since I, because I left for three years and then came back out mm -hmm. of it and came back to it. So um, basically, that's how I got started. And of course, um, with me living in Alberta, I mean, it's not quite Sasquatch capital of the world, obviously, but I have been learning. Uh, there has been quite a bit of activity uh, in Alberta. And so my focus uh, is I know there's a lot of what I what I kind of got some advice from Mr. Byrne and Mr. Cliff Brackman was uh, and Mr. Thomas Steenberg, who also gave me some really great advice. And so was so did Steve in our interview is basically, you know, stick close to home. You know, and back in the old days, even Mr. Byrne said, uh, you know, he'd drive 500 or so miles in the old days. And he said, that's just not the smart way of doing it anymore. He said, best way to do is stick close to home. So I thought, well, what's close to home for me would be the uh, Jasper, Banff, Nordig kind of area. Right. And I thought, well, there really isn't a lot of people talking about reports coming out of Saskatchewan or Manitoba either. So an idea popped in my head that since those areas are still, 
easy for me to get to. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it, it, um, I mean, me, not, not those, I don't know if either of you guys have seen pictures or video of what Saskatchewan and Manitoba look like, uh, but they're known as the prairie provinces in Canada, but there is some reports out of the Northern and regions of those provinces. Um, not as much as Alberta, but I thought, you know, somebody still needs to look into that. So I decided to come up with the Canadian Prairie Sasquatch Project, which is a name I just picked out of my head. And uh, just so I can gather my own reports and, you know, just kind of anybody has a sighting in, you know, Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Manitoba, they could forward it to me. And, and so that way I can start collecting my own database instead of, you know, looking online for reports. And so I could gather my own and kind of have my own database yeah. kind of thing. Sure. Because I'd hate to be the kind of guy to rip off people's reports <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i built up my own database from reports online but you know i left the original credits in there and stuff like that and i just store my my computer i don't say they're my own filed reports but uh you know at least with hope i'm hoping with this project i get some people that come forward which i know is very hard to do for people because uh, when you see something like sasquatch um a lot of them don't want to talk about it which i totally understand uh so i'm thinking you know, because and another thing is, I didn't really want to touch BC because I know there's already some great people doing some excellent work in BC. Um, Thomas Steenberg being one of them, and uh, I thought, you know, I, I think I'm just going to focus on Alberta, Saskatchewan, and, and Manitoba. So those are my target areas. Hey, I just want to throw a quick uh, shout out to B. Hi, Hi B. B. And and thanks for watching. I know you're, you you just said that you watch the you always watch, but you can really catch a show live. Well, welcome. Um, glad, glad to have you, B. Yes, glad. Yeah, uh, and Steve is having some problems with Google Chrome. Eh, geez, uh, that's new to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I sense some sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, well, also everything. Well, prior to the show, the uh, I was all set to go and everything was running great, and all of a sudden I. I got myself on because I use two computers to run the show. And the, the, the show that really spins the wheels is the icon you see above me. Yeah. Uh, right. That's the, uh, so that's where we get the video feeds, the picture feeds, all that stuff. And the, and the audio is all channeled through there. And uh, all of a sudden I, you know, I use a laptop and that's over there. And all of a sudden everything froze. And it wasn't on the laptop, it was on this computer. And then when I, I had to hard reboot the computer. And then uh, next thing you know, I, I, I said, well, let me clean out the cache. So I, I use my C cleaner and I, I go to clean it and it says Google Chrome was still open. How? I just rebooted the computer. So Chrome is doing some funny stuff lately, so I'm not too oh. happy with it. And uh, hello, Joey. Joe, my man. Good to Joe. see you, brother. Um, you had to clean your cache? I had to clean my cash. I, 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 I have no idea. I don't have any excess cash around my house. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> Once the bills come, my cash is always clean. Yeah. <laughs> right that's out. Right. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, so out of, you know, you've talked to a, a ton of people uh, getting back in, and I think you're doing it really the right way because – what you've been doing is is you've been seeking input from other researchers, researchers that have, you know, a reputation for being credible and, and, and telling some really deep-seated stories. So I have a lot of, of you know, high aspirations for you because you're, you're learning from some of the best, like, like Peter Byrne and 
Renee DeHinden and and Tom Steenberg. You know, those are all your, the gaggle that was close to, to Canada. And hopefully I, I imparted a couple of nuggets of wisdom on you. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I I shake my head. It rattles, it rattles like a, like a a gumball machine. Yeah. Mine's more like a pinball machine. (laughs) (laughs) So not to worry. Um, Unfortunately, I, I, I mean, I didn't personally get a chance to talk to Mr. DeHinden. He passed away in 2001. But when I say I got attached to him, it was more so his attitude and more so the fact that his seriousness and his, shall I say, take no, BS kind of research way sure. is what I kind of, you know, that's why I kind of latched onto him. Right. Cause it, you, you know, his, you know, he'd always say, you know, this is no game, you know, you can't be stupid about this, you know? So, <laughs> so, you know, that kind of accent, uh, Mr. Steenberg can do a much better accent for an impersonation of radio. And it looks I like can. Thomas having some issues with his, I, I have no idea what's going on. I, I am not in poor lighting whatsoever. So. I uh, see. Looks okay to me. Uh, I can see you I'm just in fine. The same, I'm in the same light that I've been in every week, so I don't know what's going on with Google Chrome tonight, but it's not playing well with with uh, StreamYard tonight. So. Well, I, I can see you just fine. See, my my computer is a dinosaur too. You know, I buy my wife the best best money can buy, but I use the best I have. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got like a fourth generation Intel here. So you know. It's, that's good happy, enough for me. Happy wife, happy life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so out of all the folks you've you've talked to, who, and, and I don't want to give away some of your stuff. Um, out of all the folks there, uh, who, who impart, who imparted you like the greatest amount of wisdom? Please don't say me. <laughs> don't say me <laughs> well you're in luck there um <laughs> so um well honestly I, I i like 10 years ago i got the opportunity like i said to talk to dr john Bindernagel, who i first saw on a documentary show up here called creepy canada and he was the first like pro researcher i got the uh you know the courage to contact and and whatnot and uh he, he really helped me out, you know, 10 years ago. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, and we always kept in contact until the day he passed. Um, and I never got the chance to go out there and meet him, which was really hard for me to get over. So, uh, but getting the chance to talk to Peter Byrne was, was unbelievable. You know, here's a guy that I grew up watching on TV, reading in books, uh, seeing on TV, and you're actually talking to him on the phone and it, it right. just was like i was shaking i told i called my girlfriend right after it happened and i was like oh my god i'm shaking like i can't believe it. i talked to I, I was on <laughs> such a high that it was you know it was and then also i got a chance to talk to bob gilman gimlin 10 years ago and that was cool but i i was mostly getting a my own kind of report about his encounter which we all know about i yeah. did get a chance to talk to mr john green as well 10 years ago and that was Amazing. So to me, it was definitely the original talking to two of the original four. Um, also, Dr. Meldrum uh, out of Idaho State University I had a really good conversation with him. I I didn't uh, expect I'd talk to him as long as I did. I kind of thought, oh, he's busy. He'll probably give me fifteen minutes. I think we talked for almost two hours. Wow. And, and yeah, so it was really nice for him to lend his time and and uh, kind of just you know here's you know look for this and because I wanted to ask him about the Bosberg footprints eh and and because I talked to one person and 
he said something and then another person said something. So I'm like, I'm going to ask Dr. Meldrum because he would probably be the guy to talk to about, you know, that kind of thing with it being footprint material. So, and his answer was exactly what I expected. So uh, those would be, I can't really just pick one, but if I, if I'm being forced to pick one, I'd say Peter Byrne because he's been doing this since what, 1956. Yep. One of the originals. Yeah, so it's just, it's just unreal. And he's invited me uh, to his place. Uh, I'm hoping to get down there at some point in my lifetime, but unfortunately with this COVID bug going on, who really knows when a vaccine will be available and safe to travel. So that's really up in the air, but he's been helping me out a lot. Yeah. Now, you see, and one thing that, that really impresses me is that you have all these people and you hear things about people saying, oh, they're this, they're that, they're this, they're that. But they lend so much of their time, like like Dr. Meldrum. He's taken a lot of hits over the years. Oh, he's in it for the money, especially that that one guy from Canada there, uh, the, the hunter guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know who, who's who's slamming Meldrum all the time. You know, oh, oh. He, here's a guy. Yeah. You know, you know these people are, are dedicating their time to make sure this guy gets off on the right foot. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. And that's Moxie. I mean, Cameron, I, I, I applaud you for, for reaching out, right. you know, saying, hey, I'm going to, because I never even did that. I was kind of, you know, shy about that whole thing when I first got involved. I'm not going to contact these people. They don't want to talk to me. But you had the Moxie to say, I'm going to see if they'll talk to me, you know? Yeah. yeah. So and, that, and, and another cool interview I did uh, was a guest that you had on your show a couple weeks ago, uh, Carl Crew. Uh, he was kind enough for me or let me interview him and kind of get an own personal story about how uh, Jerry crew found those tracks. And there was stuff he told me that I never heard before or read in books. So it, it even solidifies that story even more for me knowing that, yeah, those are not Ray Wallace footprints that were found by a bulldozer in 1958 at all. Like those were, that was the beginning and, um, no, there's, I mean, everybody, uh, even Peter Byrne gave me, there's one guy I'd like to talk to, but hasn't gotten back to me yet. And that would be Larry Lund. I'd like to talk to, uh, but of course he might be busy with other things, but, uh, honestly, just, just being able to talk to who I've talked to is, and, and Cliff Brackman as well really helped me out. He said, give me a call anytime. Like such a friendly guy. I mean, he doesn't seem to have an ego. He doesn't seem to, um, there was one person I really wanted to talk to again, but that kind of turned into a bit of a kind of a, not a battle, but it didn't really go anywhere. So I backed off on that one. So I kind of was like, okay, I'll just leave that one alone. But uh, I don't really want to mention names or anything, but no. Uh, um, no, everybody that I've talked to has been helpful, including you, Steve. And uh, it's, it's just amazing how it, that's the thing I told my girlfriend. I said, boy, you know, in three, I tried to do sports broadcast and getting into that for three years and I talked to some people and it never really went anywhere. And I was doing a lot of videos on YouTube and I just, over the years that it just really started to decline, decline, decline. And it just made me lose interest. And one day I was literally cleaning my room and I look on my bookshelf and I say to my girlfriend, I said, what do I have on my bookshelf? What, is, what do I really have a lot of? And she replied right away, Bigfoot books. And I said, that's exactly what I should be doing. And it just, and it's been easy peasy ever since. Now, yeah. now, what's some of what's some of your reading collection? I mean, what, what are some? Oh of your... God! Um, <laughs> well, you have to show me, but you yeah, know, if you want well, to, uh... yeah, let me grab a few here, and they're right beside me here. And that's funny because I'm I'm going to be doing a blog, a video blog this week on on uh, 
on reading material, uh, a, a necessary thing for, for you know, Sasquatch researchers. So. Yeah, that's a nice thing. You know, even though uh, some of these guys have passed on, you know, their books are still available. Yep. And you can actually get to know the person by reading the book. Yep. Well, at least how they want you to see them. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> So one of the, some of these are second editions because I had to replace them because sure. I've had them like this one here uh, written by Lauren Coleman, uh, the field guide to Bigfoot and other mysterious primates. Yeah. I mean, this is a second edition. This I did have the original, uh, but unfortunately the back totally broke off. Yeah. So this is definitely a must have because it's got, you know, like all the sure. things you really need. Um, the one, and of course you got to have a copy of this, you yeah. know, in your collection. I'm, you know, I've also have oh, the, uh, Meldrum, yeah. yeah. So, um, I got to go through that one as well. Some, and of course you can't be a Bigfoot researcher and not have a copy of this as well. Yep. Um, this is another must have to me, uh, Sasquatch shapes oh. among us by John green. So I mean, far I'm three for three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have all three. And this one, uh, is the one that I most recently finished. This was the John Bitternagel's first oh. book. And it was so amazing, you know, reading, finally being able to read this and since his passing, and I literally could hear his voice the whole entire time I was reading this. I would like to get his second book, uh, but that's a bit harder to track down. Uh, The next one I'm going to be reading when I'm done, Thomas Steenberg's first book is uh, Bigfoot Footprints by Dr. Grover Krantz. So I have that as well. And uh, Bigfoot Casebook, again, another classic, Uh, but this is this no, is updated to 2004. Now, I'm going to warn you about that book. Not every encounter there in that book in is, this one? Yep, is accurate. Okay. Uh, the, the stories, the, probably the dates and the story, the timelines are accurate. But some of the facts in there are, are uh, more of, uh, I think they were collect. some of them were collected off of news reports. And, and the reason why is if you go to the A. Bear Road sighting in New York in 1976, I think it says he's on duty at the time of, you know, police officer on duty. You yeah. know, saw that. So, and, and that way, I have that book myself, and I was like, oh, that, that's not correct. Oh, so, okay. So I, I'm very careful with books that, that source other materials. Okay. You know, um, Unless they're they're properly noted and quoted, um, in that book, great book, great, great to see. Okay, this is you know great to put pins in the map. Agreed with that a thousand percent. But some of those books, and I talked a couple of weeks ago about a book that I picked up, a paranormal book that was basically the same thing that had, you know, completely said something wrong about the Annabelle uh, case. Mm. Yeah. And and you know, so books they get resourced. I think we were talking with Ken Gerhardt about that. We were talking yeah. about sourcing and stuff. So that's one of those books. Great book. A lot of research done. But, you know, double check. If you see a story in that book, oh. double check it with some original sources because then you'll get the real the real meat of the matter. Try to get uh, the source material. I'm, well, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you told me that or else I never would have known. I would have just yeah. read it and, oh, okay, that happened. And then uh, another one that I got to get to, like I bought a lot of them and I just haven't gotten to them yet because I have so many. Oh, Uh, by the way, uh, Chris Bennett has a message in the chat. Keep your head on a swivel. Stuff is getting interesting around here. Cryptidville. And he's from Kentucky. That's good. And Charlie Wonton says, hello there. Charlie. (laughs) 
There's Jimmy in there too. Hi, Jimmy. Jimmy Trick. Yeah, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy here, Jimmy. It's hard to get those two guys together at the same time, but and some, uh, somehow we manage it. <laughs> and I, I meant to mention uh, Steve Cawthorn, the Gentle Giant, is also on um, on oh, our listening list here. So Steve. hello, Steve. Welcome. I'm I'm on a show quite frequently, so it's kind of fun. I do a show a couple times a year at least, so we yeah. have a little fun. But yeah, so I always suggest you know you know like like you know Legend Meets Science and and the John Green books because John Green was very immaculate at details. Yes. Um. Uh. The uh, Grover Krantz. I mean, all of those are awesome, awesome right. uh, materials. And, and then like the last two that I have in my hands here, I got to get to this one as well. The Bigfoot controversy. I don't know where you guys stand on that book. Um. It, it, you know who's the author. Uh, Chris, Roger Patterson and Christopher Murphy. Okay. Yeah. Right. And it, what it basically is, is uh, Roger Patterson's complete book with an update supplement on the famous Patterson Gimlin film by Christopher Murphy. Gotcha. So it's basically a second edition of Patterson's book, plus some words by Christopher Murphy. Gotcha. And this is the oldest one in my collection. Uh, this was given to me uh, right when I got started by my uncle Don and aunt Chris for my seventh birthday. Uh, so... This was Renee DeHinden and Don Hunter's book, so uh, I want to reread this one again so I can get a little bit of a refresher. But this is the oldest book in my collection. Very cool. And that's not even all of them, but that's all I'll show you. <laughs> so, I don't and, want to bore, bore to Patrick, you guys to death. Hello to Patrick over there on Twitter. Good to see Patrick. him in tonight. Uh, Chris, got questions? I'm going to grab a couple things off my shelf. Well, I just want to ask Cameron if he's anything going on there lately there's not been much going on here lately not that i know of anyway right and uh you know it's great to see um like I, well up here in alberta and, and this is kind of the talk i had with mr burn i don't i always call him mr bird because he's up here um uh, he, he's even noticed too the amount of sightings that have declined he was saying something that he hasn't seen a lot of activity since 2018 or 2017 uh yeah. here in alberta uh, I mean, so the way Alberta is situated, we're west of the Rockies and east of everything else. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we're kind of, but it's, I mean, yesterday my girlfriend and I took a trip uh, down to the Nordig uh, Rocky Mountain House, Abraham Lake region, and I was absolutely blown away uh, by how wild it felt out there. Um, like, I mean, I've been to Jasper twice. I've been to Banff twice but I've never been to Banff in 10 years. And, and uh, yeah, that's where I was hiking around yesterday. And it just felt different between those two. And a feeling came over me that like, man, if Sasquatch is going to be in Alberta, this is the spot where it is. And it just felt different than being in the nice, friendly, calm finds of Banff and Jasper where there's way more tourism and uh, towns. Uh, this was just out in the wild. Like it was just like those trees just go for miles and it, it doesn't look thick in that area, but it is like, it's you, I could probably walk in there 10 feet and you wouldn't see me. Well, that's the thing, you know, I, I'm a, as an American, you know, I'm always under the impression that once you get, uh, a, you cross the, the line into Canada, it's like, wilderness dude like trees everywhere i mean i know i know you guys got some big major cities and you've yes. you've killed you've killed your share of trees too <laughs> but but i think you got a lot more trees than we got 
Yeah, like it is just unreal. Like, like I said, that's the first time I've been in that area, and I did right. watch Mr. Standing's documentary and stuff in that area. But till you actually get there in that area, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> like this. And I told my girlfriend, and I just said, man, I'm feeling something here. Like this feels different, like right. really different than when we would go to Jasper. Like it's just – it just feels more wild. Like it feels, it really feels like you could easily get lost there. No problem. And no one would find you if you got lost. Oh uh, yeah. Pa- Patrick over on Twitter says he felt like that in the Allagash of Maine. Well, for those who don't know, Maine is basically the only Canadian province that we call a state. All <laughs> <laughs> right. That one. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we gave you guys Alaska too. <laughs> we bought it from the Russians. Damn yeah, <laughs> you gave it to the Russians of all people. Oh, my God. <laughs> dude! I mean, I, I love the looks of Alaska on TV, and I'll watch it on TV all day. That's fine, but I would not want to live there because you know I really don't like cold weather. You know, here here's an interesting story. I have a, a an old boss of mine many years ago who actually moved to Alaska and lived off the grid. And uh, occasionally I'll see his Facebook post. He actually was on one of those shows, uh, The Alaska Mountain Men. He actually had a scene on that. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, somebody, hold on. So David Winter, heard, you mentioned the magic word, and somebody caught it. <laughs> So I, uh, I don't know if you're willing to go on record what you feel about Mr. Standing, but here's your opportunity. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, in, instead of getting you in, in, in a whole, uh, whole, uh, quicksand, um, into a standing in a pile of quicksand pro standing or not pro standing. No, not, not with them. No, not. At okay. All. So that should answer your question, David, there. We didn't want to really, uh, yeah. Focus this show on on that guy. No, no, that's just I I just was in the area yesterday where I know he was doing research, but that does not mean I believe in his stuff he's come up with. I mean Kermit the Frog looks more real than his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bring up Patrick's comment. Oh, I can't do the voice. Oh man. <clears throat> Hello, Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> Reporting live. Uh, but uh, no. Because, <laughs> you, you know, people forget Kermit was the reporter. He was originally yeah. a reporter. He used to wear a little trench coat and a hat. Yeah, that's, and the that's right. Dude. That's right. People forget that. Where the show goes, I have no clue. Um, but anyway, I wanted to uh, introduce you to a couple of books that you may okay. also find very interesting. Is uh, a, a few of my favorites and a couple of really old ones. And as you can see, these books are very, very old. Um, you know, because these are a lot. Of, a lot of these are the first edition. Um, one of my one of my favorite. Books oh, I've been looking for that Sasquatch Don uh, <laughs> Hunter with Renee DeHinden. Yeah, that's probably this. That's probably the same book I have right here, just an updated version. Yep. So, but that's the one I want is the original. Then we have this book, which is a oh, great wow. class, written by Doctor John Napier. Oh, that okay. came out in seventy two. Uh, that was my second Bigfoot book that I ever okay. got. 
Um, and finally, and this is a very interesting book. This goes to the roots of it, and this book you can tell is really, really old because I think it's, I think the uh, the date on it. And I got to be careful turning the pages. Yeah, the copyright was the year of my birth, nineteen sixty nine, and uh, that's the Abominable Snowman, written by Eric Norman. Oh wow! And a lot of people don't know Eric Norman was a pseudonym for John Keel. Hmm. So that actually was written by John Keel, mm. who you know went on to write a lot of different cryptids and the Mothman prophecies and stuff like that. So, so yeah, a lot of interesting uh, stories in those books and a lot of encounters, firsthand encounters. <coughs> and then you know, uh, you know, people question me sometimes when they say, "Well, I never hear you hear the stuff about you know the mind speak and stuff like that." Well, I, I've got. You know, you know, unless you're well read like me in these books that, that I try to get from the '60s and the early '70s, it, it wasn't a thing. Or it wasn't right. a thing that anybody was. Um, uh, it wasn't a thing of um, how should I say uh, that anybody was willing to write about at least, at the very least. Um, so that's why when I say that the cases like those were very far and few between back then. There's nothing you know, in writing about them. And uh, it's actually a phenomenon that started in the 80s with the advent of uh, uh, James Kawani Lapsaritis. And, oh, and uh, <laughs> Eric Beckford, who, who kind of curtailed off of him. And then this movement spread into social networking. So, yeah, it's, it's really a weird, weird place now. Uh, if you go uh, traversing the the social network networks. So, um, you know, I've always stuck to what was written in the fifties, the sixties, seventies, and a lot of the eighties. Uh, but like I said, you know, we're really started to get bad with, you know, the late nineties. And we started hearing more and more about, about the time I started getting yeah. into it. 97 onward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just to quickly answer your rest of your question, there, sure. Chris, uh, the, the most recent stuff that I have seen, as far as the reports, the Alberta Sasquatch organization who has done some really great work in my home province. Uh, yeah. I believe their most recent reports uh, come as go, uh, go to 2017, 2018, where uh, Nordeg, the same area I was at yesterday, that wow. seems to be the Alberta hotspot. I think there's hmm. a couple new ones in the Jasper area from 2018. But as far as I know, I think those are the most recent Alberta stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. Another thing I was going to ask you, uh, Cameron, what do you think that these creatures are like mainly just biological or do you think there's some sort of paranormal uh, aspect to their uh, existence? Well, I'll answer that question for you very easily. No, it has nothing to do with uniforms or aliens or any of that crap. Um, it is a, to me, a unknown cryptid that we don't know is if it's more ape than human. Uh, to me, I did toy with the theory at one time that I thought they might be a hybrid mm -hmm. uh, of human, you know, like more like absolute 50, 50 human and, and, and ape. But then when you really think about it, we're ape too. So right. that theory yeah. carries nothing to me. It, it is just a unknown creature cryptid whatever you want to call it that modern right. science has not discovered yet roaming the forests of north america and other 
places on the world. It has nothing to do with UFOs or mind control or other Matthew Johnson voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said the J word. <laughs> no, it's fine. Stop it. <laughs> we're, we're not afraid to take anything on here. So <laughs> nothing is taboo on this show. Um, there are shows that dance around topics and, and uh, you like there are shows that'll dance around hoaxes. There are shows that'll dance around misidentifications. We right. don't dance around here. We're about the truth. Yeah. And that's so, the thing, you know, I'm a straight, that's why I kind of, coin myself after to Hinden, you know, uh, it's, 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 it, I mean, I, it, it, I guess animal is a term I could use loosely, but when I say animal, it's, it's, I like the Hinden once said, I'm into Sasquatch in the bush on the ground. I'm not into the Sasquatch, whatever Lapsarotus has in his mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just, uh, it, to me, it's, 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 it's something out there that we have got to find and my girlfriend actually came out up, up with a really interesting theory. And I'm actually, this is a good question to ask. She thinks that because the sightings have been kind of low, could it be possible that they're going extinct at this point in time? Cause you know, when you look at the charts pro, pro, prior, excuse me, post Patterson film, when everything kind of skyrocketed uh, and now even Mr. Byrne told me a lot of it has gone quiet. Could it be possible that we could be seeing the ex uh, ex early extinction of Sasquatch? Ooh. Interesting. Uh, interesting point. Well, um, I hope not. Well, you know, if you think about it, you know, these creatures are rare as it is. So maybe... Uh, you know, there's researchers that out there that'll tell you they see him every day. <laughs> Do I believe it? No. No. Um, but are they going extinct? I, I I think they're so rare as it is and rare to see uh, as it is that I, I truly think that has there been a, down, a, a downturn in sightings? Do you know what I really think happened? Well, Finding Bigfoot went off the air. <laughs> I think because you we had a sightings explosion when Finding right. Bigfoot started on the air, and then when it went off the air, all of a sudden the sightings are starting to dwindle down. Why is that? Because exactly that reason. I I think that it, it you know, the sightings were never great in the eighties and nineties, and I remember first getting into this in in in, in you know ninety eight ninety nine. Sightings were, were rare. And, you know, even in the early 2000s, they were rare. Hey, we got something, got a roll. It's the first time we've seen, you know, right. maybe you're lucky to get two or three sightings a day, uh, a year in, in a particular area. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> right? But then Finding Bigfoot came on, and then every little drop in the woods is a Bigfoot. Oh, well, I heard these vocalizations. Oh, I heard some tree knocking. Oh, I heard... I, I saw what it looked like could be footprints. You had all these people going out looking for this stuff that really wasn't stuff, you know, and, and, and that led to a whole nother phenomenon, on social media, the stick structure folks, you know, where every stick structure, every fall, fallen tree in the woods is Bigfoot. It's not. Yeah. Especially, I, and, especially your, your neck of the woods. How much snow load do you guys get? How much freezing rain do you get? You know, I, I have that in the Northeast here in New York. I think, uh, sorry to cut you off there. I, no. I think some of those stick structures could possibly sure, be Sasquatch. Sure. 
activity. And yesterday, driving through the Nordig uh, Abraham Lake region, you could look out either side of the David Thompson Highway in the forest and see some of these structures. And, I, you know, obviously I wasn't going to stop and look at every single one because I'd just be getting home now. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I think some of them could sure. possibly be Sasquatch activity. But I think for them to be Sasquatch activity, you would have to find them, A, not on the side of a major highway, and B, you'd have to find them pretty far back in the woods. And that is possible to do that there. But um, I, I think you got to be, I'm learning now to be more cautious with them because right. I too, what used to be, oh, oh, stick structure, right? Bigfoot, right. Bigfoot, Sasquatch. No, no. As, as a rule of thumb, I always <sighs> used this is that you cannot attribute a stick structure to a Sasquatch unless there has been Sasquatch activity in a particular area. You know, if you get a good, good fresh print, and that's actually going to be Squatch Stories episode two, is about a, a tree break and a footprint and a story to go with it. So, you know, that that's Squatch Stories episode two coming Tuesday. But uh, that was one of the things that, you know, okay, I'm looking for, for trees. There's a big, big difference um, to me in that, you know, there's tracking and where you're tracking, you're looking for tree breaks, but you're looking for tree breaks for motion. And you're looking for tree breaks for direction. That should never be forgotten. That's there. That is absolutely yep. there. You have something big moving that big in the woods, it's going to break stuff. Yep. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mash stuff down. It's going to break stuff. So not only should you have the evidence down on the ground where something big has moved through, but look up. You can tell what kind of animal it is. If it's here, if it's at the five-foot five uh four foot five five foot level maybe even five three level it's a deer yeah. a little bit taller maybe an elk maybe a little bit taller a moose but then you have the, the the tree breaks at the six foot level which is where their shoulders are and they're moving they're moving that stuff that's where to track you know don't just look down for 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 sign look up but i think people overplayed those tree breaks into a lot more that that like oh there's a there, there's some and what gets me constantly is not the tree breaks or even the uprooted trees that have been planted down what gets me is the tree bends people see a tree bend and wow look what i found there's this tree bend and that could be sasquatch no a tree doesn't just bend like a, a piece of iron when you bend a tree it snaps back so in order for that tree to stay that way, it's got to be down there for a couple of weeks. And then it, it grows into that form. Mm. That's why the biggest cause of, of tree bends is ice in New York. You have a, you know, you get an ice storm, they get the snow load, they start to... Mm -hmm. And then they're like that for... If it's really a cold snap and it stays that way for a couple of weeks. When that ice goes away, it stays that way. That's what causes those. Uh, you know, even even the, the Native Americans who, like the Cherokee saddles, they used to make tree saddles, and it was a way of their marking their territories. And you can see examples of those on the Internet. I, I implore people to do that. But it took them weeks and months to make those. Sasquatches can't bend a tree. No matter how strong you are, if you bend it too much, it's going to break. If you bend it not too much, it's going to go and you only do it for a minute or two or even an hour or two, it's going to go right back to where it came from. So that's why the tree bends thing is what really, really gets me on that. 
<clears throat> yeah, and that's good advice for me to keep my eyes open and make sure that it's actually, you know, if I see a tree bent and I look down and see footprints, possible footprints, then maybe it's something. But if it's obviously right. something that's just, you know, like that, it's obviously going to go back. Um, you know, in my research, and I and I believe I sent you photos and the story behind it, I believe I've only found one what I believe could possibly be a Sasquatch track. And that was found on July 21st of last year uh, when my girlfriend and I were coming back from Vailmount, BC. And we happened to stop at a roadside Creek river thing. Cause she wanted to check it out. Cause she likes rivers and creeks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, now and I've sent Steve a, a copy of those pictures and I, uh, and I actually made a rookie mistake. I made a very rookie mistake and did not have a ruler or tape measure with me at the time because I wasn't expecting to find anything. <laughs> um, so I had to put my bigger camera down. Now, my opinion, I do believe it to possibly be a Sasquatch track, but a older one I would estimate within three to five days. It had rained uh, the previous night before my girlfriend and I left for Jasper and Vailmount. So uh, I, I believe some of it was washed out. It was, uh, and I barely saw it. Uh, I just happened to look to my left and 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 see it. And then, of course, it could, it may not be nothing. I've sent it to Doctor Meldrum. He said I might possibly have something. So did Mister Steenberg. Uh, Mister Burns said it might be possible. All of them said it might possibly have been something. Uh, but you know, of course, it, it's pretty faint looking. And of course, it could have been me, my mind just thinking. But to me, I saw. To me, I saw toes. I saw a foot print like thing and i took video of the area i took pictures of the area. i documented as much as i possibly could um and and just where it was too i thought uh, my thing if it was a possible sasquatch track what i think it was it went down to the river to take a drink and when it was coming up the embankment the small embank yeah that's the one right there and I think it crossed the highway. And when you cross that highway, it was the Trans-Canada Highway, which is the main highway in Canada that goes from east to west, uh, Highway 16. And in some areas, it's called Highway 1. Um, it, it, there was a steep mountain-like trail, game trail, and it was like a spiral sp- staircase. And, that's, and I was like, well, I can't go up that. I'll just I'll fall. So, I mean, you could see, to me, I see a big toe and some other toes, but I mean, it could have been anything too. But to me, that was the closest I think I came to finding a possible footprint. And it took me 10 years to get that. You know, I do find interesting is like pictures like that. Yeah, that's the other one that I, but I mean, I tried to not say, oh, that was Bigfoot too. Could have been a moose or something, but it was only a few feet away from that footprint. Right. And, uh, you know, regardless if... Um. Uh, regardless of the uh, of it, it, a moose or whatever, that's something as a researcher we need to investigate. Okay, we're in an active area. There's this lay down here. Let's take a look. Are there are there droppings? Are there scat? You know, if if it's okay, look. There's moose scat, or there's deer scat, or elk scat. You know, now you have or a bear scat. Now you have an answer to what may have done that, but now you don't have any scat. And then you may find a print or you may find a, a print of a known animal. Um, that's our job is to investigate stuff like that. 
Boy, that looks awful good there because it's awful flat in the middle, isn't it? <laughs> I'd love to get over there right now and look at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did send, I believe, a picture of the location. I mean, it, I only st- I tried, I only got as close as the other tree's shadow there because I didn't want to wreck it. So I didn't want to, you know, because I was like, okay, well, I better take a picture of this just in case it's something. But I didn't want to go any closer because I didn't want to wreck what it could be evidence inside a picture. And let me let me make a suggestion, too. If you're suspecting it being a Sasquatch laying there, one of the things you need to do is grab some of the, you know, glove up. Make sure you're wearing your your nitrile gloves. Reason being is there may be DNA there. Now with the eDNA, which is environmental DNA, they can actually vacuum that area and get any DNA off of what laid there. So that's very important to do. Put your DNA into a paper bag. Not into a plastic. Plastic degrades, it retains humidity and degrades DNA. So any DNA evidence goes into a paper bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing you can do is take a sample of that and smell it. Right? A Sasquatch is supposed to have this foul, skunky, musky type of odor. Pick some of those leaves up and smell and see if you can get any residual smell off those leaves. Okay. That's what... You know, we have to be one. It's crazy that sound. We got to be one with nature too. We have we have a good sniffer. We just, it's just uneducated, so we have to educate it, and that's that's part of the process. You get something like that, pick it up. One thing I always do too, if I find a potential track, I get my nose down and and sniff it, because you may get that odor. That's going to help. Say okay, wow, I'm getting that pungent, skunky, musky type odor off that footprint. This could this that adds to the credibility of that print. So you got to kind of think of some of those. Okay, when, so when you're doing that, I, I'd be a little worried sniffing that gravel stuff in case it would have went up my nose. But I guess yeah. I'd figure out how good it would smell if it that happened. Well, you, don't so. have to, you don't have to get your nose right <laughs> up to it. You have to be like this. Yeah, you know, you, you know, okay. not Sounds too. Not, you know, you don't have to. Well, Steve, do you think it would be okay to keep a uh, like a materials that you collected out in the woods in a like a garbage bag temporarily. Uh, I would recommend uh, it not. Well, here's the thing. See, part of my new protocol that I have decided to do after some of my last encounters was, if I ever run up on like a family group or a group sitting in one area again, uh, after I leave that area, I will come back later when they're not there and collect all the leaf litter from the entire area where they were sitting. My know, and su- I, was, I was thinking that was going to be a big garbage bag full. My suggestion, use a leaf bag. Yeah. Uh, because you don't want that, that, that humidity to get in there. You just okay. don't. Uh, a leaf bag. And that's what hey, I would use. Uh, for, do for they, have paper, they have paper leaf bags? Yeah, paper leaf bags. Yeah, I mean, you go to, you go to okay. Home Depot, Lowe's, yeah. they, they have those. Yeah, yeah. Ace, you know, and then that we have to be. Well, we'll stick one of them in the backpack and get rid of the garbage bag. The, yeah. The plastic one. I mean, it takes up a little more room, but that's what it is. But yeah. you know what I always find is you don't need to take it all because then you have a mess. But yeah. I would take selected samples and use, you know, lunch bags and close them, tape them. Label them. Oh, no, dude, I done decided this yeah. time because I messed up big time last time. Yeah. I'm going to take every leaf from the whole area, 
bring it in, put it on a white table on a sheet, and go through every piece individually. Hopefully, there'll be a hair or something, yeah. some and sort of sample. Remember your chain of evidence, and that's why it's also right. not the, not not a big great idea to put it in a large bag. Right. You want to take small samples. That way, you can look at the samples individually in small lots because if you look at a big lot you may lose it you may yeah you, may, you know you're still looking at a needle in a haystack because you right. brought the haystack with you yeah. but if you take <laughs> right. if you take the you take this the, the stack down a bit it's a little easier to check um, but believe me I, i'm not going to mind taking a, a, a one leaf at a time with tweezers and inspecting every one right. <laughs> and, and, and what what i suggest also and this is huge is that each for each item bag you have, you create a number and a log for it. Hmm. Seal it, tape it, photograph it before it's picked up. Hmm. Photograph it after it's picked up when it's in the bag. Take a picture of the bag with the evidence number on it. Yeah. And that way you have a record of it. Record keeping is huge in a chain of custody. And that also means the science as well. Yeah, you know, because you can pick up a, you know, they found this. They they say it was from here. No, no, we can track exactly. This is the location. Here, here's the here's the GPS coordinates of the area. Here's the picture of pre-collection. Here's the collection, and there's your sample. Right. So that's uh, it's very important to keep that, that that going. You have to treat it like a crime scene, and and a lot of times, you know, researchers don't. I suppose know. it would not be a bad idea if you have a. Uh... Uh, area like that where you're going to try to recover DNA evidence uh, to document it like you would archaeological dig and uh, like string it off with square foot uh, you know one square foot per square you know and uh, label them and then do it that way yep. be kind of boring but you know what What the hell else you're going to do well, well, forensic, collection, be, forensic yeah. collection is not exciting yeah, this is be, it could be the greatest discovery in in modern age, you know. So I guess it'd be worth a little. Yeah, it'd be worth a little boredom. I mean, when I when I when I took the casting in in twenty uh, twenty oh six. Yeah, twenty oh six. I I had to think about that. Wow. Um, you know, you know, I you always take precast pictures. You know, after the casting, where it's in the ground, and then post yeah. when you pull it, and you always yeah. keep those pictures. You know that that's your chain of custody. That's your your documentation of what you've done. So right. it, it, it's it's you know and and you know I I think you know the Ketchum project failed because you know of you know in some cases poor collection attempts. Yeah. Um, and in other cases poor science, but that's neither here. That's a that's an episode for another show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cameron, were, were you able? Did you uh, try to cast that print or? Oh, it was. It was like I said. I estimated to be three to five days old. It was like I said. Okay. It was faint. I mean, yeah. I to me it looked like a Sasquatch print. But I mean, I know Steve told me he's got some photographic software that he could check and see if there's anything actually there. Yeah. Um, but to me, it was. And again, I just totally caught it at a corner of my eye. My girlfriend saw it too. It wasn't just me. I I told her to like I stood and I literally said. Stay right here. I'm going back to the car to get all my cameras. <laughs> right. yeah. So, um, so I wouldn't lose the spot. Um, I wish I could have casted it because if you, to me, what I did a few days ago after I got home was I took uh, all those pictures I took of the tracks, yeah. and to me that track looks almost, almost like John Dr. John Bitternagel's track he casted in 1988. 
Uh, it, it almost has that shape, same toe shape, same uh, yeah. print shape to me. That's what it looked like to me. It was the same track structure as Dr. John Vindernagel's track to me. That's the closest that I saw. Well, it has hard, that, it's hard for me to make out. There's a stick in there that's throwing yes. my eye off. Yeah, I didn't want to touch it and pick it up. Right, I, right. I mean, maybe I should have now that Steve told me there was something I could have put in the brown bag right there. But Well, what I, what I find interesting... And I'll, and I'll say this, if it's a, it's definitely been stepped on. Now, right. is it, is it a boot track? Cause sometimes gravel can, you know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like uh, pixels almost in, in, a, in a case like that, where the gravel can throw your, your contour off. Right. Um, but you definitely see that this stick has been mushed into the ground. So something yeah. stepped there. And, you know, what I look for in a track is direction. You know, when I have a single print like this where, okay, this one's really good. Direction, uh, that mashing of the the items. And yeah. I also look for, um, and of course, this shot is too tight. And a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. That you need to take, and, and maybe you do have a wider shot of it. I, I thought I did at one point um, I, that I sent you. I, and, and also... Now, like you say, direction that footprint is pointing directly to cross the highway to right. where that game trail is. Like it, the, the, that, I just couldn't. I didn't. I. That's another thing of my mistake. I should have did another picture where I lifted the camera up so you could see it that it would heading towards the highway and now, the game trail. Do you believe the direction of this uh, this print is going to the north? Is going to the top of the screen from the bottom of the screen to the yeah, top? yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little. I actually think it's going the other way. And the reason why is, the loose particulate is thrown forward of a print. It's not thrown backward, and you see all this loose particulate. Yep. It looks like to me that your actual track is here. Huh. Ain't that something? <laughs> and, and if you look closely, there's a little ridge right here in this area that seems to be not compressed. Mm -hmm. Or actually, in this area that seems to be not compressed, but there seems to be a very deep compression right in the middle of the track. Mid-tarsal break. <laughs> hmm. But so, that's interesting because then the... That's one take on it. Yeah, it's, that's interesting because now I'm trying to find, okay, where would the toes be now? Because you see where that those leaves are? You see where those <coughs> leaves are in that piece of grass? Mm -hmm. That is actually right up against some, like, a, some, like, like bush, trees and stuff. Like, it, like, there's, like, if you go more to that way, in the original way you had the picture flip, like, that's the actual path to go back to the parking lot and then cross the highway uh, right, in this but, rest but, spot. But my question is, is it a one-way path or a two-way path? It's a loop. Okay, but it doesn't matter which way you can travel both ways on it. Oh yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I'm saying. It could be. It could have been something coming out. Yeah, not necessarily going back in. Mm. And that's that to me looks like what's going on there with this larger picture because you can see the mashing of this and the particulate thrown forward. Yeah. To me, that's a, a a track that's going in this direction, not the other way around and that's what kind of i kind of look i kind of look for that particulate to be thrown oh, okay. forward 
Yeah, that, that and then I was, I guess I'll have to look on my computer and just kind of find where the toes may be then on that with you have it turned that way. Maybe I was photographing it totally wrong backwards. Yeah. And and that can happen. And David Winter says left foot. I agree. I agree. Mm. Uh, your big toe is probably over here. Um, something I've seen before is an extension of of a of this toe here. And if you look at this, it does seem a little more clearer, doesn't it? If you look at it upside down. I, I guess, yeah. I, I guess, and, yeah. And, and the the track direction makes sense with all the particulate that's thrown forward, and that that's huge. And that's just tracking one on one. Yeah. No, I uh, that would be a left foot, uh, David. He says right foot. No, that's a left foot. I think the big toe is over here, and I think you got a, 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 a you know a step right here. Mm, that's interesting. I never would have thought of flipping the picture. I can't tell. <laughs> well, the the the, the detail, well, yeah, that's just it. I mean, it's well, the detail is in, and and I I took some quick lessons from yeah Moriera, and the detail is a lot of times you know yeah you can't tell nothing, but sometimes you have to get down to that ground level to right. see where things yeah. have been packed down, and. Yeah. To look at those little signs of where particular is. Fernando actually could track somebody in on concrete. That's pretty hard to do. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. Well, you know what he told me? It was kind of funny. He goes, yeah, I, I take a light. And I get down on the ground and I look. And you can see where dust impressions actually occur. Where, oh. and, and that's how he tracks people in garages. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, you know, I could see that if there was a lot of dust on the floor, you could you could see their track. But as far as like tracking somebody across concrete, that's you know normal. <laughs> David's yelling oh, at me. Stop flipping the picture around. <laughs> He's getting confused. <laughs> All, but again, again, what would make I guess Steve's way of flipping it that way? If the toes are pointed that way, that's directly towards the river. Heading yeah. towards the river. There you go. And that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, there is a possibility. It could be the other way, and he was headed. It was heading back <clears throat> across the highway to go back to the game trail. Right. But with me not being there, seeing what it actually was, who knows? But that right. is very interesting. And, and I think, remember our conversation we had? I said, you got to remember the basics. And a lot of times what people do, I'm not saying this is you all the time, but a lot of people say, well, there's a print. Let's get, well, hold on, time out. Let's look at the, there's been, you know, like I've seen this, you know, this hoaxed track. And this is not one of those. I can tell you because everything is the right way. This hoax track where you can see definitive toes going in one direction, but all the particulate is thrown backwards. And that is not how it works. <laughs> you know, that's not how it works. Not on a flat piece of ground. If you're going uphill, steep uphill, yeah, that can happen because gravity. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, but, you know, you also got to look at the rest of the trackway too, Steve. Right. I know we're not going to get into a tracking lesson here, but there's also push and kick and stuff you got to look for. And yeah, yeah. Did it oh, change yeah, direction, yeah. you know? Exactly, yeah. But yeah, now, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, this is a, if this is a flat area here, though, yeah, I see what you're saying. You definitely it, have This to... is actually going up a, a, a hill-like thing to go back to the – but the way he have it turned – Steve has it turned, it would be going down. I was going up. Right. Mm. 
with my original shot right. that I took, but now Steve mm. has it flipped. So it would be going down the embankment towards the the, the river. Yep. That, that makes a lot of sense with all that particular thrown forward as it's stepping. <sighs> and I bet you the other print is going to be somewhere to the right of that. Yeah. The way I have the picture oriented. Probably yeah. about two and a half feet maybe the you know to the right or two feet to the right well and i did gotta, i did i did look around and i mean if that i, I mean it would have been hard for me to see another print because the leaves there off to the to the right and but going my way where i originally shot the picture would have been to the left uh because it was really like hard ground to to sure. see and i mean it's obviously and i did <laughs> uh, up towards the parking lot there was some mud where a bus was parked with a yeah. trailer on it and i did walk around the bus I did walk around where the mud was and, and yeah. didn't see anything. Now but that would make sense to yeah. me now why I may not have found anything if that print was actually going that way and not the right. way I originally photographed it. Now that would let's make sense. All, let's also make the caveat here too that this could entirely be a boot print too. Oh yeah. I, I don't see any any indications that it's a boot print off the top of what I can look yeah. at. Yeah. But some would argue that that whole area that's been untouched here is actually where the heel is. Steve, are, are you looking at this on like in a on your big screen? I mean, where it's very big. <laughs> yeah, I can't see enough to really make an intelligent comment about it. So anyway, this is the back, and you can see where particulate has been mashed into the ground i i can see that yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and, that's uh something we'll, crushed that gravel and then as we pull out now you can see kind of the foot line runs about this length right here okay um okay or the the boot length but anyway you see the particulate in front of the print that is yes. thrown right yes right and you can see that, that this all looks like it's been thrown forward yeah so um And, 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 of course, the little particulate, too. And that we expect. We see a na Also, we see this naked strip here. See how it's naked right in here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then over here, we see all the particulate start to pick up a little more denser than, say, in the normal area. So, to me, that, you know, then again, it could be part of the wash. Well, you know, there's it's, it's, definitely uh, some, there's definitely some weight been applied there. Yeah. Something <laughs> stepped there. And that, yeah. that's about as much as we can yeah. take from it. Yeah, and that's about all I could take too. But that's really interesting. I'll have to go back and duplicate one of those photos and and flip it around, uh, and uh, look at it myself on a big screen because that's interesting. How he totally like that's yep. I never would have thought of that. Never would have thought of that. <coughs> yep. Now that's how that's, that's how really my, cool. Yeah, that's how my mind works though. Oh yeah, <laughs> completely yeah. backwards. Steve's got like a what is it, Steve? About a twenty-seven inch monitor there. You look at stuff on, or no? Actually, that's, like my, that? that's my main screen. This is only the twenty-two inch monitor. Okay. And then I have a, I have a seventeen inch monitor over here. I think my computer's twenty-seven inch, so I'll be able to blow it up pretty good. So I like yeah. mixed mixed comments. Funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if he so, got yeah. in the stash of moon, if the Sasquatch got into the stash of moonshine, he would probably be making tracks left and right. We'd be, be wobbly. Yeah. Now, what what do you think of uh, Jacko? Have you? Yeah, I've definitely heard that story before, and I, I think it's something uh, pretty legit, considering the date of when this 
supposed event took place. Uh, I've never been to the actual site where it was, but I know Mr. Steenberg knows where that site is. And, I, and the original train tunnel is still there, or a tunnel that was there. I, I think it could have been legit. It's, it's a shame that uh, no one took any type of hair sample, but obviously in that point in time, there was no such thing as DNA. So, uh, I mean, to me with it, I think older stories are a little bit harder to fake because there wasn't such a thing as social media and YouTube. Ah, there was though. And you the know newspaper. what they were? The newspapers. So to yeah, me, the they're harder to prove that they're fake. Oh, Not yeah. so much that they're hard to fake because anybody could have printed anything in the day. True. So not that we, 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 you know, not that journalists have ever had fake news. <laughs> I won't touch. I'm not touching no, that one. Touch <laughs> no, I, I think it, yeah. it's it's a very important story in the history of the Sasquatch and, and research and history, but um, uh, it would have been nice for it not to have disappeared, unfortunately. Whether what, I've, I, what I find interesting, the most interesting aspect of that whole thing is how it was breaking and twisting the twist. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris that way is... Yeah, that was the thing that really turned me on about that story because it had a, a particular way of breaking a stick by wrenching it. And now uh, that that's pretty good. That hits now, home. Now, my question is, is that a story based on stories we've never heard about? Or is it the real thing? And this is just something first time observed. Hard to say. Hard to say. Because... You know, for all we know, they, they, people could have been talking about strange tracks and something twisting trees as it walks or as it moves through the woods, which we know they do. Because right. they kind of take it and bend it down and break it. And take it and bend it down and break it. Yeah. You know, is this something that was known and they decided to incorporate into the story? Although that is a very, very tough fact to put into a story like that. So I don't know. Uh, and, you uh, know, I watched... I watched a movie one time too, and they had an offshoot of the Jacko story. And uh, in the movie, they had Jacko as was a little Indian boy, and they said he <laughs> wouldn't Harry. He was a little Indian boy that it, from a, a wild, you know, Native American. Well, I guess he wouldn't be not too racist. Yeah, <laughs> no. We we call them First Nations now up here. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they were they were definitely Native. first. Yeah. Well, that, that's good to know. See, now, now I know the Canadian lingo for Native yeah. American is First Nations yeah. people. Gotcha. <clears throat> Just like if you ever hear anybody from England talking about quid. Oh, I need 20 quid. That's their equivalent to bucks. No, in fact. I need 20 bucks. Mm. I need oh. 20 quid. It's it's their slang for money. But also, also though, my... Uh... Also, though, my local football team is, is called the Eskimos, so that seems to be a hot issue here in, in my hometown. <laughs> Just so. like the Cleveland Indians and the Cleveland... Yeah, uh, it's so Washington Redskins stupid. is another one. It's so know. stupid. Hey, don't, don't be doing the tomahawk chop, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Atlanta <laughs> Braves. Nobody's talking about them. You know, it's because yeah. they have like five world. They have a bunch of world. They have a couple of World Series rings. That's why nobody talks about them. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if, if the Redskins had won a couple of Super Bowls, perhaps they would not be talking about their name. I think they've won three. Yeah, recently. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I was a little kid when they won the last time. 
Yeah. You know. How, how would you like to be like the... Uh... <laughs> oh, yes, yes. It, it, in, in honor of Carol Baskin, in honor of Carol Baskin, the Detroit Tigers are being renamed to the Detroit Joggers. <laughs> Thank you, Low Rider, for that thought. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, I'm going to throw a Baskin comment in there. <laughs> oh, Thank, thank, thank God that didn't happen in Kentucky. <laughs> Closer to Kentucky than my state. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh, that's, that's Let's not get off on that. Let's <laughs> see. And what I love is we can have a little bit of fun. This is only Bigfoot. We can have fun with a bunch of other stuff too as it comes out. Of us. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah no no i have heard the story of jacko and and to me um i i believe it was an event that happened but whether but obviously with us never being around at that time it's we'll never really know what really happened uh but i, I think something happened you know one of my favorite videos ever i found was uh tom steenberg yes uh doing the whole jacko uh jacko case yeah. You know, hello to John. John just popped in. Good to see you today. Hey John. Um and that's that's huge. Um you know, so I, those old news stories, you gotta take them oh. with a grain of salt at the same time. They're 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 nuggets of wisdom in some of them. Right. Um, and Cameron, what do you think about the Albert Austin story? Oh I, I think that was that was in British Columbia, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it, it was in British Columbia, um, Toba Inlet, uh, where it took mm. place. Right. And uh, night uh, to me again, that like the Jacko incident, that's definitely one of the top classics. Um, I re I actually have a copy, uh, or no, that's for the William Rowe report. Actually, uh, I have a copy of William Rowe's affidavit he made, uh, signed actually in Edmonton, where I'm from which is oh. interesting where he actually did. So I have a copy of that affidavit that he signed it was from oh, the wow. city of Ed, from the city of Edmonton where I'm from. But anyways, back to the, yeah, I think that Albert Osman thing is again, when I listen to like, I've listened to Albert Osman speak and I actually have a recorded an interview that he had just for my file. He never changed his story. And right. even when I asked Mr. Byrne about it, you know, he talked to Mr. Osman and I know, to Hinden and John Green did. He did both from yeah. publications I've read. He never changed his story. So, I mean, I mean, sure, he might have asked. I, TV documentaries and stuff kind of changed a little bit of the story, but it's still the same type of story. Yeah. Uh, but I, I believe it's something that it actually happened. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. The Albert Osman affidavit. Oh, wow. And another thing I like about the Osmond story is he never made any money off of that. You know, I mean, he, he didn't like push it and try to get, uh, get paid beyond, uh, uh, well, I guess they didn't have TV then. I guess. Well, now the, it is 57, I think when he did the interview in it. Uh, I think with the, I, I think it was 1957. <laughs> <laughs> it's handy. I just pop them out every time. Yeah. <laughs> it says the 20th day of August 1957 right on the affidavit. Yeah, there it is, there right go. there. Yep. Right, right there. Yeah. August, August 20th, 1957. 1957, yeah. Yep. 
That's... So, you know, although we had TV then, but I don't, I don't know if people were like really getting paid much money to be on TV, but yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, he didn't do this to, to make money out of. So uh, that, that no. was something that's got, that's going for him, you know, in a positive way, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, okay. I, I think there's, that's, and it's really interesting how he escaped, you know, giving him the box of t- spit, chewing tobacco and stuff. That's like, interesting. Like, like yeah. to me, it's like, like, if you're gonna fake something out of that, you would have thought you would have like maybe shot the creature or something a little bit more. Right. Free. But for him to escape using a bag of snuff, right. using a natural deterrent rather than just shooting him, I think actually right. makes the story more credible. I, I'm the same way, Cameron. I believe the same way. You know, it's too funny uh, to be wrong. You know. <laughs> It's too weird, yeah. Well, it, it plays on their natural instincts, too. Curiosity. You know, curiosity mm-hmm. killed the cat. And I think these creatures, one of the main reasons that we see them, they are not, albeit not very often, but when we do see them, the reason is because they were curious. And they came near us to see, you know, what we were doing or what we were, or maybe just to watch us. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's when I was out hiking yesterday. I, I, like I said, I had this feeling, you know, when we were hiking a boat, Sasquatch could have right. easily been watching my girlfriend and I the whole time we were there. We never even would have seen it unless uh, we would have, it wanted us to see it. Right. Right. Uh, D- David Winter suggests that, uh, see if you can't hook up with John Kirk sometime. John did uh, research on. Uh, I'm trying to find out if how to contact John Kirk. I, I haven't had much luck trying to find it on google or anything or if you uh, had a he's website on facebook. Or he's on facebook okay well then that should be that's much more helpful <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i don't want to like randomly like stalk people i like i try and see if they have a website or something like that first rather than just like oh let me just look this oh, person up on youtube yeah. facebook and rather ra- you know randomly message them and them going oh who the hell are you like how'd you find well, you know, it's nothing to hit somebody up with an email. You know, the worst yeah. they can do is not answer you. Or, yeah. you know, if, if they don't want to talk to you, they can send yeah. a message. Sorry, I don't want to talk to you. That's fine. Yeah. And you if know. you want to attach me to that group chat, I'm friends with John, so go right ahead. Oh, oh, okay. So just put a group message. Hey, I, you know, I'd like to talk to John. and I'll, Yeah, for I'll, sure. I'll, I'll help you out there. Okay, sounds good. And That's I believe, we Cameron, we've had Bill Munns on the show several different times. I believe if you contact Bill through his website... Oh. Yeah, that's uh, definitely another person. I mean, I got that. He is. Uh, I mean, he's one. He's on one of my uh, my list of one of my heroes. Okay, so <laughs> right. he will definitely he will definitely contact you. He's a nice guy. That's why I have this book here too. <laughs> Roger at Patty. Yep. Yeah. Bill Munn's book. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like this is just amazing work that he did. Yes. And. You know, for him, he's got the experience of a, you know, somebody that was in the movie industry making, you know, makeup and costumes and stuff. So he Mm -hmm. would know if this was fake and what materials would have or could have been used to fake it. And I mean, I won't get too much into it, but I know I know for a fact that that film is real and it's not fake. Well, you know, uh, Bill did a lot of studies that were really scientific in nature and a lot of people kind of laughed him off a lot of his naysayers, but he did stuff that was really smart. I mean, uh, he did things like uh, um, uh, an impact uh, wave to where uh, Patty 
foot struck the ground and there you could see the wave and measure that and like up, went up through their body. And he did the uh, human subjects and, and he tested that. And it's so, it's so smart the way he did that. I mean, hats off. Yeah. You know? yeah like it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I've watched movies too on, on YouTube and it's just amazing how he uh -oh. could see, like if you were coming, if you Patty or Roger Patterson coming at this direction, the creature would have been coming at this direction. Like, right. And the sun would have been shining here, you know, like just so much detail and, you know, just kind of even the, you know, quote unquote, even in this book, you know, butt muscles and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, it's, you look at this, it's not a human in a costume. It is not a human in a costume. Well, I certainly hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we're going to go to 1030 tonight, Chris. So we just okay, got right. a few more minutes. Um, oh, <laughs> fast. Yeah, fast. We, we talked about a bunch of stuff tonight. So, yeah. well, I guess since we have a Chris, what would be your advice for me? I mean, just, you, you know, just keep doing what I'm doing. Obviously, like my kind of thing is, you know, I'm going to stick to close to home. I'm going to, you know, get as much advice and stuff as I can out of these big time researchers such as yourself and Steve. Oh, dude, you know, I'm, I'm nobody, but uh, I'll tell you what, no, I'm not big. If time. you, uh, if you, uh, if you stick, stick close to home, that way you're not out $5 million in gas, which, you know, well, the gas not been too bad here lately though, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what I always did. I, I stuck, stick close and I still do. I stick close to home. I mean, I would love to investigate sightings that are way far away, but I can't really do that and get to the area to check it out and on a regular basis. Like, you know, I have been over in way Western Kentucky over at land between the lakes, but I was only able to get out there that one time. And man, if you get a sighting in an area, it needs to be somewhere where you can go like, you know, every, you know, day or two, or maybe once a week or something like that. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. uh, I think you're doing the, you, you're doing a good job and I'm proud of the job you're doing. Yeah, well, just, you. Don't be, don't be afraid to talk to people, dude, because right. I mean, everybody yeah. puts their pants on the same way if they wear pants and, <laughs> and yeah, most, right. most yeah, of these guys you want to talk to, like, you know, Bill Munns and, uh, uh, all these that's, guys, that's they're Tom great. Steenberg, Steve. <laughs> Tom Steenberg, you know, I yeah, hate to say it, but he's a good guy too. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's definitely been helping me out a lot. And yeah, uh, yeah. he was the first, you know, he was the first person I called when I got back into this. Cause I talked to him a bit ago as well, but yeah. um, you know, I'm just basically going to stick to, you know, the Prairie provinces of Canada and uh, you know, Alberta, especially, uh, especially yeah. Western Alberta, cause it is easier for me to get to other than BC, you know, and, and I know there's a lot of people in with their fingers in BC, uh, so I don't really think there is a need for me to be involved in British Columbia. Uh, right. I would like to go to Sasquatch Provincial Park in BC, Harrison Hot Springs, that area, because I always wanted to go. But I think for me, like what I saw yesterday to me, like I said, if there's a Bigfoot Roman Alberta, that's that's the spot. And, and Cameron, uh, before we go, how can people get a hold of you? Okay. Uh, if you have a report or if you want to talk Bigfoot, I do have a specific email for that. And I will just get that uh, to you. Uh, it is called do, 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 the, okay. So many of them, sorry. <laughs> it's called uh, the Canadian and my email, my Bigfoot research email is Canadian Prairie Sasquatch at gmail.com capital C P N S Canadian Prairie Sasquatch at gmail.com. 
and my Facebook group. Uh, if you would like to join uh, or report a sighting involving Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Manitoba, is uh, the Canadian Prairie Sasquatch Research Project. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on tonight. Good deal. Very intriguing, and you know what? It, it's it's always great to talk to people that are getting back into it, even though you've been back in it for a few years. Yeah. But you're really you're doing a full court press on it, and I really appreciate that. And I I expect big things from you to come out of the future. Well, thank you very much. And if you know if I ever do become the one to discover it, uh, you know. I, I definitely will give credit to a lot of the originals and uh, you know, whoever's still around at the time, if, if we're even around at all, if I yeah. discover it, it's going to be a, a very big party and we can tell a whole bunch of people that didn't believe us to take a hike. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh yeah. Like, it's all about validating those witnesses. Right. <laughs> well, Cameron, yeah. thanks for coming on tonight. We appreciate you, you brother and uh, you. keep in touch and we'll, we'll have yes. you on back again when, you know, you get some more, more evidence, please. For sure. please and please, uh, yeah, please. if you can definitely help me uh, contact uh, yeah, John yeah, Kirk absolutely. and Bill Munns, I would be much appreciated. We got to get John Kirk on this show too. So we, we uh, and Munns, we haven't had Munns on in a while. And yeah, uh, so in a while. Yeah, we'll have a lot of fun. Okay, you take care, Cameron. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Cameron. Nice. Whoop. So we <laughs> got him, we got him backstage and, uh, so, uh, great show tonight. It was a lot of fun. Oh, great guest. Oh, I enjoyed talking to Cameron. Great guest. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we'll put the, the schedule reminder up real quick, uh, what we're doing this week on the channel. So, again, Tuesday we'll be cutting another episode oh. of Squatch Stories. Uh, Dude, we've got to wait till Tuesday for that. Come on, man. Come on now. You know, I, <laughs> I, I you know, I, you know, it's so late and at night, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. it's like okay, and then I got to do post production on this to, you know, yeah. I'm tagged right now, <laughs> and um, you know the fun stuff. All that yeah, fun, fun uh, poppycock. But um, right. yeah, so I, I we're gonna have a lot of fun, and of course the the video blog, which will be Wednesday at nine p.m. and Friday, who knows what's gonna you know come out of my coconut between now and then. Maybe wow. something funny, maybe something silly, maybe, maybe something serious. Don't know. But it's just going to be out there for fun. Um, so, you know, we got to kind of get that rhythm down now. Um, but anyway, uh, Chris, if you want to do the whole like, share, and subscribe thing. Oh, yeah. All our viewers on uh, YouTube, please, uh, if you don't mind, give us a like and uh, hit that subscribe button and share it if you can. We appreciate it. Helps us out. Gives us more... Uh, options to do with videos and stuff on the channel and we sure appreciate it and if you even are so inclined hit the little notification bell oh yeah ring that bell come on ring that bell ring the bell <laughs> all right folks on behalf of me and chris want to wish everybody a happy and safe week you know uh we're getting through this we're i, I think we're in the final stretch of this social distancing crap but anyway uh you know, for me and Chris, everybody be safe. God bless. And, of course, keep on squatching. We'll catch you all here next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Guest forthcoming. You'll be seeing it soon. Okay, folks, catch you later.
folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless and keep on squatching.